Welcome to Real Themes, the podcast where we discuss and dissect the thematic elements in movies, television, and other media. I'm Justin Zagri. And I'm Liana Manassian. Hello, Liana. Hi, Justin. How are you today? I'm pretty good. You feeling rich? And poor at the same time. Well, there can only be one or the other because they're not allowed to be together. Oh, yeah. True. Because they smell. No. (laughs) (laughs) What movie are we talking about today? Parasite. Parasite. The Bong Joon-ho masterpiece that just came out last year and is going to win all the Oscars. We think. Uh, this podcast, this podcast will probably come out like after the Oscars have aired. So, uh, yeah. it's just our <laughs> prediction, <laughs> but, uh, this movie was amazing and it stuck with me for a while. Yeah. Same here. I'm like still thinking about it, especially the last part of the movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it got, I got, it got appropriately Korean at the end and I don't mean like Korean culture. I mean, they're like their movies. Yeah. Uh, they're either very depressing or shocking. Yeah. And it's just, well, wait a minute. What is going on? <laughs> um, that, like, what, I'm trying to think of like other Korean movies that like really were like knockout crazy. Old Boy? Old Boy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know there's some Korean detective movie I saw a long time ago that was like that, but I don't even remember the name of it or what happened necessarily. <laughs> I just remember feeling like, what the heck just, what did I just watch? Remember Lady Vengeance was uh, made by the director of Old Boy, and that had like a pretty shocking ending too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Parasite. So um, if I could put like a pin on the main theming, uh, I, I would put it as like this destructive, the destructive nature of capitalism. Oh. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I also feel like there's definitely some commentary about class which i think a lot of his movies delve into that they do um the difference between rich and poor yeah uh what was the one with the big pig akja akja was definitely uh, a big one and snowpiercer too snowpiercer was was more on the nose with classism than this movie was and this movie was kind of on the nose yeah but that one was like each train is a different level of class (laughs) (laughs) down to like being like where you're like in a slaughterhouse or you're in like this cute classroom with Tilda Swinton. Yes. <laughs> She's in two of them. Yeah. Two of her move, two of his two movies. Of his, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, capitalism was like a big deal to me because it was a big, was a huge thing to me because you, uh, it shows, um, the effects of kind of the Kim family, which is the poverty family that lives in the half basement. Yeah. Um, versus the park family which lives on the top of a hill i thought there was also a lot of uh visual imagery of levels in this movie yeah and that i mean that plays into the class too because like if you think of even like downtown abbey which is also about class in a lot of ways Mm. there's the upstairs people and the downstairs people sure the downstairs people are in poverty or not necessarily poverty in downtown abbey but they're they're the, the lower class Right. And it's the same with this movie. Like, they literally live in a basement. <laughs> they live in a semi-basement. I yeah. think that's really important because uh, the maid that they swindle into losing her job so they can take over, which mm-hmm. was like the first half of the movie and was so fun to watch them 
take everyone else's uh, old jobs and then take over the house. Yeah. Um, her husband was secretly living in a basement. It. With I mean, n- it was a basement, but like, there were so many like different hallways and tunnels, and I think I forget who it was in the movie said that, um, or maybe it was the housekeeper said that like the rich people in Korea, like that they have these like underground bunkers. Right. Because of a threat of North Korea, but also because of like creditors or something. Well, yeah. Like take the house or whatever. Well, take the guy. So he was, um, the, the husband of the, of the housemaid was, uh, being, uh, threatened and tracked by loan sharks. Yeah. So he, that's why he was hiding down there. Yeah, but I I think she was talking about for rich people like creditors that they are behind on their I don't know house payments too or like you know they could foreclose and try and like force them out of their house so right. that they could just hide in their underground bunker from these people. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't work. Then have to eventually come out. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I love the levels. I love that there, you know, the the parks on the top of a hill while the uh, the Kims are in a half basement, and then the the maid, um, whose name she her name escapes me, um, Moon Guang. Moon Guang, yeah. Sorry for pronouncing these Korean names incorrectly. We're yeah. doing our best. If, yes, exactly. <laughs> if we butcher them, it's we're sorry. But yeah, Moon Guang um, uh, and her husband lived in a full in a complete basement with no natural light at all. At least the Kims had some level of natural light in their half basement. And I yeah. thought that was really interesting that they're like in this half basement, half of their lot, like they they're 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 not under the street, but they're not over it either. Uh, yeah. They're kind of under it because, like, even their window is at street level. Yeah. Like, when they watch that guy, like, piss on their, like, the Just their garbage them. can or yeah. whatever. Like, that's, like, above where they're sitting. Like, so, I don't know. Yeah. No, I... Um I agree. So um, one of the other visuals that showed up in the movie that really caught me uh, was the Kims when they were doing, you know, they were celebrating because the parks were going off on a on a little camping trip. Um, uh, they the the parks come home early and they all mm-hmm. have to hide and they oh, all scurry that. under tables and beds like cockroaches. I love that scene so much. <laughs> yeah, and it made me think because there was an earlier there was like a scene in the beginning of the movie where they they they're about to get fumigated and uh, one of them wants to close the 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 door. The daughter Jung Ki Jung and um, the dad says no, uh, keep it open. Well, it'll be free fumigation for cockroaches and they get fumigated. <laughs> So it's kind of like saying they're the cockroaches. Yeah, they're the bugs. They're the parasites. Yeah. And yeah, and ultimately, I think that um, the Kims are the parasites. Although you could also argue that the housekeeper and her husband were the original parasites in a way, or at least the husband was. I think that you could argue that they're all parasites yeah. of, of of a system that allows for, you know. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but like there's, 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 there's no checks and balances on money anymore. Mm. Uh, it's too difficult to, for people of middle class and lower class to get to upper class and upper class are feeding off of the work of the middle class and lower class in order to stay where they are. So they become parasites too. Mm. 
So you think the parks are also parasites? In a way, yeah. I mean, they're not as they're not as obviously parasitic as the Kims because mm-hmm. they they like the first half of the movie is like a heist movie about how to take over <laughs> yeah. the house. Um, but the parks definitely have um, a need for them because uh, the dad uh, Dong says that the mom Yon uh, can't clean, can't cook. And their house is going to be a mess without some kind of help. So they're, yeah, they're kind that's of de- true. They're kind of dependent. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so going back to what you originally said, which was like having the theme centered around capitalism and also like the dichotomy between the rich and poor, um, like classism and stuff. Um, I also feel like another theme was just showing how like like work is a huge part of that um but it's like in some ways it's an unfair part of that because like so the parks are rich obviously yeah but they at least the father worked really hard to get there Right. You know, he probably went to university and he probably got like a business degree because he had like his own business. Yeah. And so he built that for himself and his family. Whereas with the Kims, um, they were, I mean, they were all unemployed at the beginning of the movie and they were just like folding pizza boxes to get by. But they also just like were trying to do like a get rich quick scheme in a way and they're trying to con the parks right and not really do real work i mean they were working while they were there but like they were also you know conning and they were taking the easy way out based on their ability to manipulate these people they had skill sets too they did the daughter had a graphic design skill set yeah the son uh He's good with like English. Was it English? Yeah. 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 He was trying to teach her English. But also, and then even with like the housekeeper, like she worked really hard and she was with, she came with the house from the original like architect who built it. Right. But yet, like in the end, that wasn't enough for her to stay because the parks were like so paranoid and so gullible that they like believed what the, you know, the chems were like feeding them. Yeah. Well, the, the whole sequence with like how difficult it was to get the housemaid out, uh, <laughs> that whole plan, that montage was amazing. Yeah. The peach, the fuzz, peach fuzz and yeah. And the, what was the tuberculosis yeah. that they made her, everyone think she had? Yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty bad. So the stone to me, yeah. it was really interesting. The stone, I think, plays into that as well. Like the, the, the work versus the basically being a parasite and feeding off of somebody else. How, how, how so? Because, like, the stone is, like, it's called, like, a scholar stone. So it's supposed to, like, or it was, I read about it, like, online, but it was, it's, like, these stones were um, on the desks of, like, these philosophers and stuff like Mm -hmm. I don't remember who they mentioned necessarily, but it's, they were supposed to be like, you know, good luck, but also just a sign of, I think 
like uh well you said, you said well the, the kim dad said it's like a good sign for of wealth well yeah but I, not just i don't think it was just like material wealth but like intellectual wealth like mm. just like all all around like it kind of granted them fortune. intellectual wealth in a way because they all got real smart and started doing real smart things to con this family i guess you could argue that <laughs> i don't know i mean i think it it was supposed to be like like the guy who gave it to them was um like a one of uh, uh kiwu's um friends who was like going to university so like it kind of made sense for him to give that gift because it's a scholar rock and he's like a scholar right now he's in university and he's like trying to give it to his friend who it seems like they're probably less fortunate than maybe he is yeah um so that was like really nice of him to do that um and like you would think that that would inspire them to work hard but it doesn't necessarily do that. They do work hard in a sense of just like trying to come up with ways to make money. Mm-hmm. But the things that they do in order to make money are not what you would uh, associate with like a scholarly person. Like it's they're doing stuff that's kind of shady and shifty. I thought that it, it, the shady and shifty uh, way of doing things was motivated by the Kim's uh, opinion of the parks. They, they, there, was, there was several times where they're just like, they, they had a very low opinion of rich people at parks, and they said they were having fun, like being like these idiots are falling for this. And it's like, they weren't just conning them because they felt like it was their only way in, because they probably did, but at the same time, they're like, well, these people probably deserve it because they don't deserve all this money. So we're just going to take it from them. Yeah. But even, um, even Kiwa's friend, I think his name was Min, um, he like kind of like put that idea in Kiwa's head to begin with because That's he was right. like, you know, you can just like fake your resume basically. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, he's, and he even like had a low opinion of her. Yeah. It's like these people, they think so much of each other. And the mom's kind of simple. Yeah. Like, so he kind of set it up for them in a way. Yeah, he did. He said he put it in their brains. Right. But I think they already kind of had that thought process of like uh, looking down on these people. And the parks kind of had the same thing. And Mm -hmm. it was like based on these two things. One was the park dad saying like, I don't like it when people cross the line. Uh, And then another visual aspect of the smell. Right. They smell like a subway. Is, is what he said. Was it? Sub- oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, subway. Um, or like the, people who are who ride the subway, I think you said. Yeah. And yeah. then the Kims were like, well, we got to get different washes because they're suspecting us. And then the the daughter says, no, it's where we live. It's the smell of where we where we are in yeah. life. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. The smell was an interesting way of like dividing them yeah. also. Mm-hmm. But we never got to find out really what. The rich people smelled like. <laughs> <laughs> right. They probably smell like money. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, well, I wanted to go back to crossing the line. I was, I, cause I honestly, I'm not exactly sure what the park dad meant by that. Like he never crosses the line. There was a little moment where the driver is like asking him a question and he says, keep your eyes on the road. It's like, maybe he's getting too personal. Yeah. I think that is part of it anyway. Like, um, 
Cause like, I think it was like, the line is like, he doesn't want the lower class to think that they can be friends with him. Like, or like, yeah, they can't be buddies, you know? Yeah. This, it's a professional relationship and, sure. but also that they can never be on his level. And the line is like the class line. Yeah, there was a moment right at the end, just before everything went to hell, where the where the Kim dad and the Park dad are under a bush wearing the Native American oh, I love uh, that headdresses, yeah. which I want to get to get to with the Native American thing. Yeah. Later, um, where the it's almost like the part the Kim dad is trying to have one last moment of personal connection to the Park dad, mm-hmm. saying like, "You're a good dad. You must be like this. Must be tough for you, like doing all this silly stuff." And he just looks at him like glares at him and goes, (laughs) I'm paying you extra for this. Right. So look at it like a part of your job. Yeah. I think he did cross the line in that moment. Yeah. And also I think, um, I think that, I think it's key, key tick. Sorry. Kim dad. uh, Kim dad. Yeah. Take. Yeah. Um, key take. He, I think he also realized that he crossed the line at that moment as well. Mm. And then, and then after that, he stabs, he stabs, um, Yun Kyo. So, well, yeah. it, it was like two moments, like the, that or, sorry, moment Dong, and then, Dong Yik. yeah, um, it was that moment. And later when, uh, he like, he, uh, he, he take, like comes to his senses, throws the car keys and then like in the wrestling between the, the, uh, the super, uh, the super poor guy, his name is Gwen Say, uh, who was stabbing everybody like the. He was throwing the car keys that gets mixed up, but then as he's as the park dad is pushing the bodies away, uh, he smells Gwen Say and like is like oh, and that's when uh, Kim Take Key Take was like oh, I'm done, and just yeah. starts stabbing. <laughs> yeah, he, it was like he, it was like um, Dong Eek had like no humanity in that moment. He was just like he didn't care that this dude was like dying in front of him he's just like i need to get the hell away from here yeah like i mean yeah he was trying to protect his family which is important well he was trying to get his son to the hospital yeah yeah but like he had no like compassion at all for this guy who was smelling bad right (laughs) um I mean, would you though, for, for this random person you've never seen who's stabbing people and like your son is having a seizure? I think I would have a little bit more of a reaction to that, like rather than just being like, oh, he smells bad. I mean, sure. <laughs> like, like the smell was so overwhelming to him, which was weird. Yeah. But like he could have taken, instead, I see where you're coming from because he could have decided not to react to the smell and just continue on with the business of saving his son. Yeah. It was so like selfish in that moment he's like worrying about something that smells bad like you have people dying around you and your son is like having a fit and you're like oh it smells terrible right it felt like an incredulous reaction like he wouldn't nobody in real life would actually react that way it felt Mm. weird yeah which brings me back to another moment where the kims the are under the table while the parks are like getting freaky on the couch (laughs) Which was just weird and awkward and funny, but I'm like, there is no way that these guys would not eventually notice them. And it felt like awkward. I'm like, this doesn't feel real. But I think it was a message of like the 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 wealthy class don't notice. Yeah. Totally. The class. The lower class. Right. 
Yeah. And also in general, I just feel like it was a commentary on like that the rich are kind of oblivious in a yes. lot of ways. Yes. Like the way that uh, the mom, um, Yeon Kyo, like got so like just duped by them. She was just like so oblivious. Like <laughs> she just let people like come into her house. She didn't. I don't even know. Like she probably didn't even ask for like references. It was just like the other people were referring, which were all the same family, but right. like she didn't ask for like real references, like work references necessarily. She's like, Oh, this one person said you're cool. So, oh, okay. You're cool. Yeah. And they didn't bother really looking into it. Yeah. Which was like this weird, like division between, I don't trust you as a human being, but I do trust you to trust, to refer me to other people you trust. Yeah. that I feel like that says a lot about class too, because like a lot of, you know, I think a lot of jobs on a higher level are like, in a sense, referrals, you know, like, absolutely. Like when you work at a company, like a corporation or something, they usually hire internally first, you know, it's like someone they already know that like they trust that more than an external person. Right. Um, whereas like, I mean, you can do that, I guess with like a minimum wage job, but I feel like with those, there's such like high turnover that, it doesn't, like, referrals don't, like, matter as much, maybe. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Um, it, it makes me think about my own career, because I'm a freelancer, and uh, referrals are so important. Um, yeah. I, I had to turn down a gig because I was already doing another gig, but it was through a referral. And I really wanted to take it, because there's, a, like, a part of the back of my brain where it's like, I want to take every job I can get, because I don't know when the next one's coming. Yeah. And it's just kind of a frustrating like notion to be like, well, I could have uh, the fact that I have to like think that way. It can be, can be difficult. can be frustrating. Not that we're lower class at all. We're, we're pretty much middle class. Oh, you and me? You and, yeah. You and uh, me. Yeah. Well, Cause I'm talking yeah. about my freelancing career. Yeah. Um, so like any job you can take, you can get. And, um, I don't know. It just made me think about like, uh, the way, what the Kims have to do to make sure that they stay afloat. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but can we go back to the scholar rock? <laughs> Cause yeah, totally. I just thought that was like so weird and interesting. And cause like, I mean, it's not something I've ever heard of, but I feel like I read something also where it was like, it's not really like a modern thing in Korea. It's like kind of a antiquated mm. thing to do. I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting, um, just the way that the rock kind of like followed them on this journey. Yeah. And like even um, even the son um, Kiwu, he kind of said that like he felt like the rock was like Cling. clinging or clinging to him or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like it, it was like creepy in a way. Like the rock became a character sort of well it had this moment where it's like when they're when their sub basement is is filling with sewage water which i want to get to that i think water is yeah. a theme in this movie oh, too yeah yeah um that there's a moment where kiwu is just standing there and the rock like magically like floats to the top <laughs> even yeah. though that's a hell that's a heavy rock that is responsible <laughs> for nearly killing a dude yeah killing him yeah um uh, killing kiwu but it like magically comes up and it's it's with this weird thing and i'm like <laughs> What is going on with this rock? If, I, I, I th to me, it's like some sort of, is it a good omen, a bad omen? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's either. I feel like it's, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like they're placing meaning on it. Yeah. Like, ah. you know, like in the beginning, they're seeing it as this good luck charm. Like it was given to them as like, um, something to help them bring like wealth and good fortune. So they like see it that way. They see it as like a good luck charm, but then as the movie progresses and their luck starts going bad, then they start, it's like they're blaming it on the rock in a way, like maybe indirectly, but, um, and then by the end of it, Kiwa gets like smacked in the head with it and almost dies because it's like they placed so much emphasis. I feel like on that whole scheme of like, we're going to like get rich quick, you know, it's like, yeah. we're going to take the easy way to try and like make money by like conning people instead of actually doing real honest work. But at the end of the movie, Kiwu says he's going to do work hard and do honest work and work in the system to get that house back. Yeah. And then the last shot of the movie shows that the all, because before the last shot of the movie, it shows him in a nice suit with, uh, and talking to realtors to buy the house, uh, and then get free his dad who was, uh, who escaped into the basement after he murdered, the park dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so his goal is to have a plan. Right. Uh, which is another really important thing. But as soon as he's done writing the letter, um, he we go back to the same shot of him in the half basement uh, dreaming of that plan. Mm-hmm. And because what the dad said earlier, the best plan is to have no plan. Uh, you know, he's never going to buy that. Um, that never going to be able to afford that house. Yeah. And he's just, it's never going to happen. That's what made us so sad. I know. And so it, it, there's, the, there's a theme of inevi- inevitability in the movie. Yeah. Accepting your fate or like the cards you've been dealt, I guess. The, uh, um, the maid's husband, uh, Gwen Say, mm-hmm. he didn't want to leave that basement. Mm-hmm. He had pictures of the park dad worshiping it. Yeah. Using his head to turn on the lights as he was walking home. Yeah. Um, and basically saying that he, he's, he's good where he is. That really messed me up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, he, he, he's, he's, he's gotten used to his cell. Yeah. His, his place in the world, like being underfoot literally of the rich man in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he is worshiping this rich man too. Right. It's almost like he was, he was self-indoctrinated. Yeah. And being like, I can't, there's nowhere else I can go. So. I mean, he also was kind of insane at that point because he hadn't really gone outside in like four years. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was part of another theme that I thought was somehow connected to the, to the stone mm-hmm. because the son of the Park family suffered a really bad seizure uh, due to seeing a ghost. Oh, man. That's so creepy. Which was the creepiest shot in the movie Ugh. of, of, of uh, Gwen Say like peeking outside out of the uh, basement uh, door and causing the, the park son to panic. Um, and she said that the park mom said that the park dad thought that the ghost was an omen of good fortune. And she laughed it off. But then she said, but, but we are coming into a lot of money this year. <laughs> and I was like, wait, whoa. Okay. So the, it, it maybe it plays to that. They're placing, um, something onto something that comes into their life. Yeah. I think there is a level of like superstition, um, as well as like, um, yeah, what you're saying, like placing meaning on things. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's, it's all a matter of perspective, I guess. Right. Um, 
And it's like a lot of it has to do with like fate and destiny. Again, almost like the last episode with the Witcher. But yeah, I don't know. It might be a cultural thing because I there's this Korean show that I watch um, Crash Landing on You and there's very much an element of like destiny in that as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. If you're Korean, please comment and like, tell <laughs> us if that's true or not. I don't know enough to say whether that is, but it's definitely something that I've noticed. I think they're. Pl- I think it's really important that this movie is making their characters place an element of destiny on the objects, mm-hmm. rather than there being any real destiny, mm. um, which I thought was interesting. Um, I liked the idea of self responsibility in this movie because every single one of the Kims had enough of a skill set for them to have uh, a decent a decent job. Um, the the daughter was good at Photoshop and document forgery, um, and she didn't necessarily have to forge documents to make good money. But yeah. the son also was, I think she said something about like denied or decided not to go to college like four times or was offered it like four times and decided not to take it, mm. something like that. So they're shirking responsibility, Yeah, uh, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean... They they could all actually be working if they actually put effort into it. Yeah. Of like trying to get a decent job or like make a real living for themselves. Yeah. But instead they took a an easy way. <laughs> Easier, yeah. Uh there was well, just there didn't was turned out too easy in the end. Sure. Like um the 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 movie started out as a heist movie and then turned into a thriller that climaxed as a horror. So, yeah. but the, the, the self responsibility also comes into the maids, uh, husband, Gwen say he's only in there because he decided to get, he and his wife decided to get loans from loan sharks. So, uh, there was no message of like the poor are destitute because that's what they're born into. They're poor. They're saying that these people are poor or suffering because the choices they've made. And I thought that was interesting and it didn't paint them as bad people. They just, it painted them as real people who have to make choices that might create their destiny for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the parents, um, the Kims, I feel like there was an element of being like, well, it's a little bit too late for them, but yeah, it's not too late for the kids. Yeah. Um, they clearly could have done something, but. I don't know. It's, I think that there's something to that as well. Like the parents, both sets of parents in this movie, it's like they were trying to do what they thought was best for their kids, but in a way they're, they were both kind of doing the opposite. (laughs) Like, like with the Kims, like just their like sort of lack of effort or like, their situation just kind of brought down their kids with them and yeah. And it kind of gave them the cynical mentality, mm-hmm. um, which they passed on to their kids. Right. And with the parks, it's like, especially the mom, um, Yun Kyo, like she was so like gullible. Like she obviously wanted the best for her kids, but like she wanted the best and she didn't really, care like how that happened (laughs) yeah it's true and her carelessness brought in these people who ultimately like caused the death of her her husband and then 
we don't really know exactly what happened to the son. I think he died. Well, we don't know. It is not confirmed. It is not confirmed, but the dad did die and the mom fainted. Yeah. So somebody, either somebody picked him up and maybe the, I just didn't catch it in the details that they're carrying that kid away, that poor kid away, uh, or um, he did, he did die. Yeah. Um, it makes kind of makes sense because if it's, even if the kid didn't die, the dad did die. And then, uh, the daughter of the Kim family died. So one, one member from each family died. Yeah. 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 I thought that was also kind of interesting. I mean, it's not like it was an eye for an eye necessarily because I don't think there, that was the commentary, but, um, their actions both came back to bite them in the in the ass, both families. Yeah. So they both paid in a way for their their lack of just like Empathy. Empathy, but just uh, they were both oblivious in their own ways. Right. Like the Kims are oblivious in that they thought that like they could just get away with this and like take over the life lives of the parks and like steal their house or something or like infiltrate their family and have the young their youngest son like marry the daughter like they're just yeah. like fantasizing they, they, they had like long-term like ideas for yeah. how to get infiltrated themselves into this life yeah like as gullible as the parks were it's like they just took it to an extreme like oh we're gonna just like do whatever we want because this family is so dumb. But they also like had a, like an empathy for them that like the dad said he's she's she may be rich but she's nice, and the son was like you know I'm I, I think I'm actually gonna ask out the girl that I'm that I'm like ask her out for real. Except that really bothered me because I was like what the hell his friend is the one who gave them this job. And was like, oh, I'm going to ask her out when she goes to university. And then he turns around and like does like goes behind his friend's back and like steals her kind of in a way. Sure. But also it was a little bit creepy because how old is she? Like she's like 16 or 17. She looks really young. I mean, she, I don't know what year university starts <laughs> in Korea, but I was like, she looks like she's in middle school and not high school. Mm. And he looked if he was like supposed to go to university four years ago, then how old is he like compared to her? And I was like, this is slightly creepy. Yeah. Like that dynamic. But anyway, I thought that the, the the thing, the kick that stuck out to me the most though, was, um, even when the Kims and the parks lost peep lost a person or people, both the maid and her husband died and they were, of they were the poorest. And it's just like, no matter what happens in the higher mm-hmm. class or the middle class, the poorest class are always hurt the worst. Yeah. Because like, well, I mean, the parks lost the father, but, and we don't know what happened to the son, but they still had their wealth <laughs> at the it's end true. of the day. And the Kims, they lost their daughter and they also kind of lost the dad because he had to go into hiding. He did. Yeah. Um, And so... Um, I thought it was interesting so they Chung, got away with a probation, the son, and the, the son and the mother. Yeah, I kind of didn't quite understand that yeah. part because they kind of just like went over that like really fast, like oh, like it was like a bit of a montage, yeah, yeah, and then because they had like um, they had Kiwo in like the hospital, and then he was like laughing hysterically, yeah, because of his head injury, yeah, <laughs> which I feel like there's probably some metaphor there. Well, about, I mean, like the situation. 
uh, well, I thought it was pretty poignant and straightforward when Gwen Say uh, crushed Kiwu's head, uh, nearly killing him. That was pretty straightforward to me. What did it mean to you? Well, it was it was showing that the poor, it was like the poor violently revolting against their oppressors, and their oppressors are not just the rich. It's anybody above them. Yeah. Um, because the Kiwu and his family um, like tied them up and killed and inadvertently killed the maid. Um, the mom did, yeah. Moon, Moon Guang. The mom did, yeah. Kicked her down the stairs. Um, that was so messed up. It was horrible. Um, uh, Gwen Say is skewered by a meat skewer. And I think, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember, but I think it was Ki Jung, uh, the Kim daughter, who did the skewering. Um, I think so. Yeah. I can't remember now. Well, she was, she was, she was knifed yeah. by um, Gwen Say, but he was going for, I think he was going for the park mom. And she was pushed out of the way at the last second, or moved out of the way. I remember. I remember I, that. I need to watch it again. I know. I just rem- oh, the, the 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 important thing about it is that um, he wasn't going for Ki Jung. Ki Jung was an accident, mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting too. So, was she though? I don't think. Again, I got got to watch the movie again to double check, but I'm pretty sure that she was stabbed by accident. Someone else was about to get stabbed. I think he's. I mean, I don't remember now who he was going for, but like he looked at her straight and was like, "All right, I'm stabbing you." Like he made a conscious decision to stab her. Mm, okay. Well, the last thing I wanted to talk about because I honestly can't figure out the significance of it, but it was a huge part of the movie was the native American aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The tent and the, um, the headdresses and the arrows mm-hmm. and the tomahawks and the fact that they say they bought everything from the United States. Right. Like they're saying is, do you think that tent will leak? Like we bought it from the USA. He'll be fine. Which I feel like that's so funny because it was probably actually made in China, even though it's from the U S. Uh, okay. <laughs> So they're saying like the quality of goods in the USA is right. Okay. But I just thought that I like, as soon as she said that I started laughing in my head. Cause I'm like, like most of our stuff is not made here. It's made in China. So it's, and a lot of it's cheaply made. So I just thought that was really funny. Most of the stuff in the house, the park house was made. No, in China? I'm saying that a lot of our goods are oh, imported from China and they're not always like very well made. Right. Because they're made really cheaply and like they're cheap for us to import. Gotcha. And so they're, <laughs> the quality is not really that good. So I was like, mm, <laughs> that tent's going to leak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but why do you think it was native? That it was so heavy emphasis on Native American? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, a lot of little kids, like, like the whole like cowboys and Indians thing. It's like, it's the oppressor and the oppressed, you know, like, and which is, which I would normally say is true, but the scene, the scene at the end where the Kim dad and the park dad are talking to each other under the bush, they're both wearing it. Yeah. But I mean, they're both wearing headdresses, but Dong Eek made, uh, he take like wear the headdress mm-hmm. um and like they were talking about doing this whole little charade with um with uh, the son with uh 
the song um, of like they were going to come out as the so-called Indians yeah. and um, pretend to attack um, Kijing, who is the, uh, the Kim daughter. Yeah. As she brought out the birthday cake. Right. And then the song was supposed to come and rescue her. Uh, which I also just thought that was interesting because she really did get attacked, just not by them. She got attacked by the real person who was kind of oppressed, which was um, Gunsi. Sorry, don't know uh, how to say it. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, um, by Gunsi, who was like being oppressed and was living in the basement he was he was the real oppressed person who was then like lashing out and attacking um Kijing, even though she was probably not the real um target yeah yeah i just thought that the the, the use of that imagery was so interesting to me um and i still can't quite pin like the real messaging behind it but it was it was it was still fantastic and it was such a such an odd thing to see for for uh, a korean movie yeah for koreans to wear in general is to see that i mean i don't know maybe they're really into american iconography i don't know yeah i mean there's probably a lot you could also say about it in terms of like like even here in the u.s um at least in recent years, it's like not PC to wear anything that's like Native American, like especially headdresses. Like for a while you would see um, like at Coachella and like music festivals and stuff like that, there would be like girls wearing these Native American headdresses. That's and like, ter- hmm. yeah. And so it was like, <laughs> it's this, terribly inappropriate. It's this, it was this huge deal. Cause it's like, that's kind of like cultural appropriation and, not really cool like um so i mean in a sense the the parks are kind of doing the same thing like this is it's not their culture it's like i mean they don't have the same um taboo like association with native americans as people who are american do who were sure koreans didn't just decimate their culture right they they weren't the ones who were you know killing off entire tribes and everything but at the same time they are kind of still like practicing cultural appropriation and like you know taking this culture who is like totally been you could um, say that they kind of were when they're fantasizing about like being when when the park parents were kind of getting dirty and they were fantasizing about like the uh the the poorer people like uh, you still have those panties you found I found in the back of the car oh buy me drugs buy me drugs they're fantasizing about being lower class I don't really want to say it because it sounds really judgmental but it's like how rich and privileged people can do a lot of cultural appropriation mm-hmm. and it, they're not always aware of it because they're in a place of privilege but like I'm sure they thought it was harmless to just like, cause their kid was interested in native American culture. But at the same time, like for them to like wear the headdresses and stuff, it's like, that is crossing a line. Just like, <laughs> just like, um, the dad, uh, Don geek was kind of inferring when he was saying that to, um, yeah. to key take, like, 
it did kind of cross a line of, um, at least in terms of culture. Yeah. I think that there was a, the, the, a lack of self-awareness was a big theme. Yeah. For sure. So if you had a favorite scene that you had to pick out, which one? Oh man, it's really hard to choose, but I think that it would either be, um, the flood scene. Yeah. Or the, just the party and like the carnage of the party. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I actually wanted to backtrack just a little bit real quick to the, to the, the flood scene and the theme of water. Yeah. That was a really obvious, um, like difference of, of viewpoint between the two classes. So the park family saw the water as like a bit of a blessing to get rid of this, the, like the dusty smelly air, yeah. uh, which they kept mentioning like that the, the Kim family smells weird. Um, so like the rain was like cleaning out that smell that they don't like. Yeah. And that, but the Kim family had to deal with their whole house being completely flooded Right. Uh, and all this, this, this whole community dealing with like terrible flooding. Yeah. Um, but also just like the parks it, for them, it was just rain. Yeah. And like, because they were up on a hill and whatever. So it was just rain. It was just like watering their grass and clearing the air. Um, where <laughs> with the Kims, it was like, they live so low that like there was no like flood systems in place and like their entire neighborhood flooded, including their semi-basement apartment. Yep. So it wasn't just rain. It was like a natural disaster for them. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the toilet part. Oh, it was so disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like there was this great like uh, cut link where between um, the maid um have, having a concussion and vomiting into a toilet and the and then it jump cut it did a hard oh, cut yeah. to the toilet in the Kim house like vomiting out shit right uh and i was it like it was like making an honest connection between yeah. those two families yeah yeah that was a great shot <laughs> yeah it was pretty amazing yeah and also like the sister um Jing, just like she just like sat on the toilet with her phone or like smoked a cigarette or something. She smoked a cigarette, yeah. Yeah. That was also just like a really interesting image because like it, it almost felt like that probably has happened to them before, mm. you know, because of the way she just sort of was like, yeah, all right, I'm here and I'm just going to like take a minute and smoke, even though there's like literally shit pouring out of the toilet underneath me. Such a weird place to put that toilet too. Yeah, that was. I'm like, is that it was, like normal? it was like the top of their house. Yeah, it was like a really weird spot for a toilet. Yeah. Huh. Um, definitely. Uh, that that ending scene was really insane. Um, with just everyone getting stabbed and killed, and just this insane clash of classes and, um. Say, it was almost like the movie was saying, like, this is the inevitability of if this class division keeps getting worse, is mm-hmm. it's going to create violence. It does. It has created violence. Yeah. they. It was very much a horror movie, that last part. Mm-hmm. Just the way they set it up with, like, this picture-perfect scene of, like, you know, upper-classness. It's like a garden party. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's going to go terribly wrong because it, <laughs> it looks too perfect. Right. 
and it did and it got bloody and messed up pretty quickly but i gotta say i absolutely love the montage of getting the of the plan to get the maid out everything about it the way it was set up was just it was just masterful shot composition mm -hmm. uh, and, and pacing and the way it was all done. Uh, Nerdwriter did a video. Um, he's a YouTuber um, yep. who talked about it and like broke it down. And I was like, I knew there was a reason why I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was so satisfying. Yeah. Uh, even to the point of where they use the hot sauce at the end. And I was like, oh, my God, this <laughs> is so well done. <gasps> yeah. All right, so thanks for hang thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Yeah, hopefully you have enjoyed this, and maybe you agree with us, but maybe you don't. And that's totally cool. Yeah, if you uh, if you have your own thoughts and you're on the YouTube channel, please leave a comment. I want to know what you guys thought of the of the movie and what you got out of it. Be sure to like it as well and press the subscribe button on YouTube or any podcast you're listening to, so you can keep up with the movies that we. Uh, dissect and figure out and other media not just movies and t tv media media of all kinds yes we'll have to figure out something really weird one day like i know we talked about like doing an album which oh yeah I, that sounds that's a great idea um but i don't know maybe we can like do <laughs> i can like an interactive art gallery mm. <laughs> that no one else could go to <laughs> so it'd be it would be a pretty exclusive podcast <laughs> so Unless you're unless you're in Glendale at between the times of March first and April thirtieth, oh. uh, you'll 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 have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy. Hope you had a good time, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>